first day of a new year, 2017, and uh, you'll spend the next three months, you know, changing the six to a seven. Oops, can't believe I did that. Uh, uh, all getting used to new things. And uh, for crying out loud, uh, 2017, we all thought we were going to be raptured by now. And I uh, can't believe it's getting this late in the game and so forth. But uh, anyway, all these all these prognosticators and, and uh, uh, is that the right? did I say that right? Uh, date setters, uh, they're all, I don't know what they're doing. They're crying and they're all going out of business. Nobody believes anything they say anymore. But uh, anyway, uh, another year, 2017, praise the Lord. God was good this past year, and we look forward to what God has for us this next year, both in our individual lives, our careers, our homes, and, of course, in our church and what God can use us to do in the city of Danbury. And I've got all kinds of uh, dreams and plans and exciting things going on, things that you're going to like, things that are a blessing to you. But I want to give you this morning not just a, a pep talk on taking on the new year, I want to actually give you some tools, three tools. We already mentioned them. Three spiritual tools that will empower you to take on the challenges of the new year. In our text a few minutes ago, we read this statement, Now abideth faith, hope, charity. Now charity, of course, is a form of love. Charity is specifically love for other people. God's, direction, God's love, I'm sorry, has three directions. And they are, it matters that they go in the right order. The first direction is God loves me. Here in his love, not the uh, we love God, but the he loved us. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. First direction of God's love, God loves me. Second direction of God's love is I love God. We love him because he first loved us. Third direction of God's love is God loves others through me. So while it may seem like I'm doing the loving, it's God doing the loving through me. When directions one and two are healthy, don't ever try to love other people with God's love if God's love for you isn't flowing. And if God's love for you isn't flowing, it's not God's fault, it's your fault. You've jammed the line somewhere. You've gotten more occupied with the cares of this life than you are with how much God loves you. But when it's flowing, God loves you, you love him, God loves others through you. And charity is specifically that third part of, the, of God's love. God loves others through you. Faith, hope, charity, these three. Several other places in Paul's epistles, if you pay close attention, right in the same vicinity, in the same context, you will find references to faith, love, and hope. Faith, love, and hope. And these are the three tools that if you will grasp them, and if you will pursue them, whatever your resolutions are, your goals are. And I believe in setting goals. That's good. But whatever your goals are for the coming year, if you would first pursue faith and love and hope, you'll, have, you'll be much better equipped to reach those other goals. In uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, one of my favorite places where faith and love and hope are mentioned, the story of the church in 
Thessalonica is amazing. You have to read 1 Thessalonians, all five chapters, and then you have to go back to the book of Acts and read the account. I believe it's Acts 17. Read the account there to get the whole story. Paul was on his second missionary journey. His main partners, his main evangelistic team was Silas and Timothy. They go to this city called Thessalonica. They're there for three weeks. And it's going well. He's teaching. People are getting saved. Things are happening. It's great. And then here comes some troublemakers. And they are Jewish troublemakers. And that's not a racist observation. That's just they, they, they were holding fast to the Old Testament teachings. And they thought that the Christian doctrine was a perversion of their faith. And so they were coming in and causing trouble. And things got out of hand. Things got crazy. Things got violent. And the new believers in Thessalonica persuaded Paul, hey, you're the general. You're the leader. You need to get out of town because, man, if anything happens to you, the whole thing is sunk. And Paul, sort of surprisingly to me, I would have guessed if you, if I didn't know the story and you say, what did Paul do? I would have guessed Paul would have, would have toughed it out. I mean, this is a man who was stoned to death and left for dead. And then got up and walked away. But somehow he was persuaded, okay, I need to leave town. After having only been in Thessalonica for three weeks. And listen, Paul would spend months in one town starting a church. In one place that the Bible tells about, he stayed over a year in one city getting a church started. Three weeks? I've had the privilege to be a part of starting several churches. I, I only myself as pastor started one, but had, had a hand in several others. And I've known many church planners. And I don't think I've ever met a church planner that would say to you, oh, yeah, you get church going in three weeks. Three weeks. He has to walk away from Thessalonica. New believers. What are they going to do? He goes to Berea and he's wondering, wonder how they're doing in Thessalonica. He can't email them. He can't even call them on the phone. He's there in Berea going, I wonder how they're doing in Thessalonica. He next finds himself because things get stirred up in Berea, and in Berea they figure out, hey, Silas and Timothy can stay here because they're not after them. They're after Paul. So Paul leaves them behind, and he goes down to Athens, Greece, and he's in Athens, and he's wondering, wonder how they're doing in Thessalonica. I know in Berea they're doing okay because they still have Silas and Timothy there, but I wonder how they're doing in Thessalonica. When Paul is finally reunited with Silas and Timothy, he says, all right, I got, a, I got some work for you guys to do, and then we'll meet up again. But Timothy, your assignment, and Timothy at this point is probably still a teenager, by the way, your assignment is to go back to Thessalonica and see if there's anything left there. See if there's any show, any, any representation of Christianity there. And Timothy goes back and... When he's finally reunited with Paul, Paul says, are there any Christians there? Is there anything remaining of the Christian faith in Thessalonica? 
Timothy says, Paul, you're not going to believe it. Paul says, what? He says, you're not going to believe it. He says, what, what, Timothy? You're not going to believe it. I'm not going to believe what? There's a thriving church in Thessalonica. There is a growing church. There is a soul-winning church. There is a missions-minded church. They have not only reached their city for Christ, they have reached and started churches in regions all around them. I'm telling you, things are happening in Thessalonica. And Paul's overjoyed. He sits down and he writes a letter to the church that, that we now know of as the book of 1 Thessalonians. And very early on in the book, in fact, verse number 3, Paul says, I am remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father. Now, when Paul says your work of faith, your labor of love, your patience of hope... He's not talking about three different actions or three different sets of actions. He's describing the same actions as a work of faith and a labor of love and a work of patience in hope. And so there you see again, faith, love, hope, faith, love, Hope. Faith and love and hope are three tools that will help you to live and grow and build more consistently, more effectively, more fervently than you ever have before. Let me try to quickly describe the distinction between each of these because especially faith and hope almost sound like the same thing. Let me say up front, faith is believing and obeying because of what God said. Hope is the assurance that it's all going to turn out okay. Now, not just positive thinking, oh, you just got to believe it's all going to come out okay. No, that's not it. Hope is is the absolute confidence in God. The confidence that martyrs had as they were being burned at the stake to know, hey, God's in control. The confidence that William Tyndale had as he was being burned at the stake for translating the Bible into into, uh, English in uh, 1736, he's burning at the stake and he says, Lord, open the king of England's eyes. And 75 years later, the king of England commissions for the Bible to be translated into English, and it's the Bible that you have in your lap. Why does a burning, dying man believe in the future? Because his heart is filled with hope. So faith is just almost, now this is a little overstating it, but almost statistically just believing what God says, academically taking him at his word. Hope is that assurance that because I believe and I have obeyed, I don't know how it's going to turn out, but I know God's in control and it's going to be fine. Let me give you faith, love, hope real quick. Faith is why I live for God. Love is how I live 
for God. Hope is how long I live for God. Faith is my principles. Love is my passion. Hope is my perseverance. Faith is taking God at his word. Love is living in God's love every day. And hope is trusting God with the outcome. Faith is my conviction. Love is my compassion. Hope is my confidence. Faith keeps me from doubting. Love keeps me from apathy. Hope keeps me from quitting. Faith gets me going. Love keeps me caring. And hope keeps me rejoicing. Faith makes me sure. Love keeps my heart pure. Hope helps me endure. It's starting to sound like Jesse Jackson there, so we better move on. You need all three. You need your faith to be strong, knowing what you believe and why you believe it. You need your love to be strong, being aware of God's love, loving Him in return, and then having compassion and a burden for other people. You need hope to be strong, that no matter how hard things get, no matter how discouraging uh, things get, you know God's going to bring you through. You can't see your way, but you know He has the way. You need all three to be strong. But this trio will equip you to take on any challenge. So the question remains then, where do you get those things? How do I get more faith and more love and more hope to prepare myself to take on this new year? And we're, we won't be much longer here, but if you listen, and listen, don't, don't please don't, uh, don't be cynical, all right? Oh, now, now pastor's going to use all that wonderful Bible truth to beat me up. No, I'm not. I'm going to tell you where I get them. I'm going to tell you where I get these things. And I'm going to tell you, you can get them from the same place. Where do you get faith? Two sources, basically. Number one, God's word. Number two, prayer. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing from the word of God. Knowing what you believe, devouring that Bible. You say, well, yeah, I've read my Bible through. I pretty much know it all. Can I tell you, I have been studying the Bible with intensity for pushing 50 years. And I can tell you, I have not begun to uncover the great mysteries and wonders and truths of the Bible. The deeper I dig, the more intriguing it gets. And I cannot read fast enough the Bible itself and the truths and the teachings and the preaching of Bible scholars and men of God from over the years. I can't read fast enough to take it all in. I I don't believe that you're being sincere when you say, I read the Bible a couple times, I pretty much got it down. We ought to be consumed with 
with mining. I'm talking about like, you know, you, you hear those stories about the, the gold rushes back in the 1800s. And people just coming from all over America to go to San Francisco and they give their whole life or, 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 or Alaska, places where, where veins of gold are discovered and people giving their whole life to sitting there with a little pan. And maybe it's not like it is in the movies, I don't know, but sitting there with a, with a little pan just in case they might find. Or some guy goes into the hills and, and uh, he's just uh, chipping away with a pick and a, and a sledgehammer just hoping to find. Oh, that we would approach our Bibles that way. Oh, that we would approach and attack our Bibles saying, God, show me more about yourself and who you are. The Word of God, the Bible, is where you get faith. And then prayer. You want your faith to be increased? Increase not only your time in prayer, and I don't mean just time reading through a list. I'm all for prayer lists, and I've got, I've got hundreds and hundreds, probably into the thousands of names on my prayer list. But it's more than just reading a list. It's the passion in your heart. The fervency, fervent, the effectual fervent prayer. Fervent means boiling over in your praying. It's the waiting before God. Do you ever just go and quietly wait before the Lord and come into his presence? Are you hearing that? What in the world am I hearing over there? It's like there's a trampoline over here and somebody's jumping on it. Anyway. Waiting before the Lord. The word of God and prayer, that's where you get faith. Where do you get hope? Uh, love. Where do you get love? Okay, where do you get love? Prayer. Where do you get love? All day long fellowship with God. And by the way, I almost preached this morning just on that one subject. All day long fellowship with God. Because if I could get everyone in this room to take up one habit or to strengthen one lifestyle, it would be all day long fellowship with God. Listen, I, I, I believe in daily devotions. We call that, I have my devotions. I believe in that. Absolutely, I do. I think you ought to have a set time and place where you meet with God. But I don't think that's a substitute. In fact, it's not a substitute for walking with him all day long. You don't have to raise your hand. How many of you talk to yourselves? Okay, and the rest of you are lying. You know what I have caught myself doing a thousand times? Is talking to myself and saying, what are you talking to yourself for? Talk to God. Instead of, you know, I come up, we, I come up out of the road, as I described. I described last week coming down the hill at night. But I love in the morning coming up that hill, and we come over this little hump, and you, and just before you come to a stop sign there, right in front of you is Ball Pond. And what a beautiful thing it is to come up over there when the, when the sun is coming up over the horizon. And look and say, oh, that's beautiful. Now, I can tell myself it's beautiful, or I can tell God it's beautiful. 
Or when you see something, you know, it's, it's not an everyday thing where you see a, a fox running across the road. I can say, oh, that's cool, a fox. Or I can say, oh, Lord, that's so awesome. Thank you. I'm talking about all day long fellowship with God. You want to increase the love in your life, you do it through prayer. By the way, praying for other people. You want to really love people, genuinely love them, pray for them. Pray for them by name. All day long fellowship with God. Where else do you get love? By serving others. You want to fall in love with people? You want to let God love other people through you? Don't wait to feel love for others. Get busy serving others. And you'll feel the love. You'll have that love in your heart that you want to have. Where do you find love? You find love by investing. Investing in others. You know what you're going to find this year? If you've never given to missions before, as you give your faith promise every week or every month, whenever you do that, you're going to find your heart drawn to those places where our missionaries serve. And you're going to read a missions letter on the bulletin board back there, or you'll hear me read a a letter, and you're going to say, oh, boy, it's so good that those people are getting saved in in Thailand with with Brother Mercer. It's so good to hear those uh, people getting saved in Turkey with the Atkinsons. It's so good to hear as as you read those reports and realize, I'm investing in those ministries. And your love and your compassion increases. Faith, love, where do you get hope? Where do you get that confidence that God's going to make sure everything happens? Okay, (laughs) prayer. You get everything in prayer. You get it in prayer. But I'll tell you somewhere else you get hope is in praise. What are you doing when you're praising the Lord? You're thanking Him for what He's done. And when you thank the Lord, when you praise Him for what He's done and for who He is, when you praise God for what He has done and who He is, you have to think about what He has done and who He is. And when you think about what God has done and who He is, He fills your heart with hope. Because once you realize that God is a God of love, a God of mercy, a God of grace, He doesn't change. He doesn't give up on us. He is our Father. We are His children. And you praise Him for these things. And my heart's getting filled even as I'm saying these things. And your heart gets filled with hope. He's not going to leave me and forsake me. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, the Bible says. God loves me, and there's, I know he's going to see me through. You get hope through prayer. You get hope through praise. You get hope through fellowship with God's people. One of the great things that we accomplished last night is to get restocked with hope. Because as you watch those 810 slides go up, you're reminded of things that God did this year that you've forgotten about. Oh, man, I remember that day. Oh, I remember those people getting saved. Oh, I remember the victory that day. I remember the the blessings that day. I remember the fun we had that day. 
And all those things are part of reminding us of the rewards of serving God. The rewards of living for God. Fellowship, testimony time. Why do we have testimony time? Well, because we got 10 minutes to kill, so let's get some testimony. No, I can think of a lot better ways to kill 10 minutes than, than randomly turning the service over to people and whatever they might happen to say. No, we have testimonies to give all of us hope. Oh, I had an answer. I had an impossible situation this week, and I called on the Lord, and he answered. Oh, I had a burden this week, and I didn't know how I was going to carry it, and the Lord stepped in, and he took over. And you hear it again and again and again, and God gives you hope. How do we get hope? By remembering. Look at how many times in the Bible God tells us to remember. How many times did God tell the children of Israel, do this for a memorial? Where do you get hope? By reading the stories of other people. If you haven't done it yet, let me encourage you to go to our church's website and click on the little brown picture of the church in the lower left-hand corner to go to where our podcasts are and sit and listen to Brother Dalton tell the story last month of Adoniram Judson. And here's the crazy thing. It's a story of tragedy after tragedy and heartbreak after heartbreak, and when you're done, you have hope. Why? Because you know that through all those tragedies and heartbreaks, God saw him through. God blessed him. God used him. And 200 years later, God is still using him. We read, we study the lives of believers who've gone before us in the last 2,000 years, and it gives us hope. Now, what is it that you want to accomplish in 2017? Three tools that will help you accomplish them. And you need all three. Hey, if you get faith without love, you'll become very stern and uncaring. No, you need faith and love, but you need hope because if you get faith without hope, you'll give up, you'll quit. You need faith and love and hope. Three tools to take on the new year. Would you put that? I would encourage you, put it on the top of your prayer list for a little while. Faith and love and hope. Whatever else your objectives are, whatever else your goals are, God, give me faith and hope and love. Let's stand together this morning.